Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, along with Jill Welke. Good morning, Jill. How was your drive-in today? It was good. A little misty and a little bit splashy, yeah. but... We're kind of kicking off the week a little wet this morning, but that's okay. We needed that rain yesterday and overnight. Absolutely. Yeah. It was much needed. Our crops were getting dry and... I know the deer plots, some people planted them late, so they're trying to grow, and they needed that drink of water, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I know up north of us, they Brent Wink was talking about how dry they are up there, so yeah. I'm hoping they got some of this, too. As long as it's not bad rain. We don't want bad rain. We want nice rain. Oh, gosh, you're so picky. <laughs> well, hey, there's bad rain, there's nice rain, and then there's don't talk to me rain. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't want the don't talk to me yeah, rain. Yeah, we don't need that either, and the bad rain is when... Like yesterday, it was misting all day long, and it's like either rain or don't rain. I'm totally with you on that, Paige. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it raining when I'm driving in in the morning, because it's too hard to dodge deer when it's pouring rain. (laughs) Well, and you can't dodge those drops, so I guess it's a lot of dodging for you. I know, and I drive a Dodge. You do. (laughs) Well, it's going to be an interesting morning, Jill. I've got a fun story to share this morning. We're going to try and do something new on the farm show On Monday mornings, we're going to try and do a feel-good farm story on Mondays. And I think I've got one talking about a goat in our listening area that decided to take a... Cause a little havoc at his owner's farm. That's what I heard. (laughs) You guys are going to love it. It's going to be awesome. But right now, we are a little damp outside, but it looks like it's clearing off. We're at 61 degrees right now in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, looking at a mostly sunny day. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. So it's a kind of a rainy start to our Monday, but hey, you know what? It's going to look nice. We're looking at a mostly sunny day today, a sunny day tomorrow, and a mostly sunny day on Wednesday. So I think we should keep it. I'm kind of liking that. 78 today, 83 tomorrow, 87 on Wednesday. I think everyone's going to be happy with this forecast compared to last week. I think we're all going to love it. 
Absolutely. Kind of turn down the heat a little bit and turn up that sunshine. I don't mind the heat. It was the humidity. It It was was just sticky and you... It was rough. I know. You took a shower and you're like, oh, that felt amazing. You walk outside and you're like, well, this was pointless. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't have air conditioning in my house. Oh, really? It was was kind of interesting sleeping. Who doesn't have air conditioning in their house? Joe Welke. Well... This isn't 1900s. No, I'm kidding. I know people just, you know, and actually my daycare lady, she prefers no air conditioning. She doesn't like it. She likes just fans, ceiling fans, you know. Well, I, I run the fans and if it's really bad, I just sleep in the basement. My basement is finished. <laughs> sleep in the basement. Yeah, but the basement's finished. So it's not like I'm sleeping on the dirt floor or anything. I, I get by. Oh, I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> Well, hey, Jill, we got to get to the news this morning. It's 5.01 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some of our national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. China will continue with military drills around Taiwan today. Beijing had originally announced the live military exercises in response to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan would last through Sunday. China said its latest round of drills would center on anti-submarine and sea assault operations. In an online post, a spokesman for the defense ministry placed blame on the U.S. for the rise in tensions in the Taiwan Strait and said the U.S. side must bear full responsibility and serious consequences for this. The Inflation Reduction Act has been passed by the Senate. Vice President Kamala Harris announced the vote. The yeas are 50, the nays are 50. The Senate being equally divided, the vice president votes in the affirmative, and the bill, as amended, is passed. Harris cast the tie-breaking vote on Sunday. The bill was under scrutiny on the floor during a marathon weekend session. The bill now heads to the House, which is expected to take up the package on Friday. Former U.S. diplomat Bill Richardson says he is optimistic that WNBA star Brittany Griner will be freed from a Russian prison. I think she has the right strategy of contrition, a good legal team. Appearing on ABC's This Week, Richardson explained that the situation will likely be a two-for-two swap of prisoners, but he declined to go too far into detail. Griner sentenced to nine years in prison last week on a drug charge and has been in custody since February. President Biden will be in Kentucky today, visiting areas devastated by recent historic flooding. He'll join Governor Andy Beshear to meet with victims and see recovery efforts in the area. The storms killed more than three dozen people. And several Toys R Us locations are coming back just in time for the holiday shopping season. The children's toy store has reopened inside Macy's locations in at least nine states, with all locations set to be complete by mid-October. Current locations are in California, Georgia, New Jersey, Illinois, Nevada, Louisiana, New York, Maryland, and Missouri. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Mr. Bob Bosold is traveling off again. He's always somewhere. He's in Austria and Germany, and we heard from him and some of the people that are on the tour with him. As we continue our travels through Germany and Austria, getting close to the end, but there's still a few things to do. And we're in the city of Innsbruck now, which is a, a modern old city. And the grease box from the Stratford area are with us, Bill and Carol. And I guess, uh, Carol, you've had a chance to travel around to different parts of the world. What do you think of what we've seen in Germany and Austria as far as the, the houses, the landscape? Kind of neat. It is neat. Um, very uh, unique little houses with their window boxes. And everybody has balconies and... Uh, very uh, interesting to look at the chalets, and um, very nice. 
and as we travel around in the mountains, of course, over in Stratford, there aren't many mountains, but, uh, you know, you can see where maybe as you get west and some of the trees and the fields and things like that, where maybe some of these immigrants a long time ago felt at home in Wisconsin. They did. It, it's very much the landscaping is a lot like Wisconsin, except for the hills and the mountains. Um, but it's just beautiful, just just so lush and uh and the tree, the tree, the flowers just add more to it. It's uh, very pi- picturesque, as it, they say. And I know we can grow flowers back home, but it amazes me when you look at these uh, porches and these window boxes and these flower boxes that hang over the porches. Spectacular stuff. It is. It is. Um, like I said, just beautiful. Very nice. So as far as the uh, things we've done, you ever had a Wagyu hamburger before? No, <laughs> but I've heard of it, but uh, too expensive for me to buy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Old Forrest Gump, the one you butchered back home, wasn't he? wasn't uh, He wasn't a wagyu. No, he wasn't wagyu, but he but he's he matched up pretty good, close. <laughs> oh, that's good. Bill is also with us, and Bill, I guess your impressions obviously uh, your dairy farm is a lot different than uh, than what they do over here. We were up in the mountains and, and saw how they do it in the summertime with their cattle up in the mountains where they milk and make cheese, and it's a lot different than we've got. Yeah, you know the first farms we go by, they said you know if you got three cows, it's pretty common. Four cows. Uh, if you got 40 cows, you're a millionaire around here. So. Well, that's for sure. And because of you own any land at all, this land is expensive. Yeah, the first place we stopped and we asked him, how much is your land worth? He said 80000 I said, how much? Yes, 80000 an acre. So, And that's euros, and that's a little <laughs> bit more ritzy than a dollar. Yeah, I'm afraid our land is going to keep going one way, and hopefully they'll never get that bad. Boy, I hope not either, but uh, kind of nice to be in the implement business over here and sell hay tetters. You'd have a pretty good business. Yeah, the the when they make hay around here, you see everything. You, you see people with uh, raking hay by hand. We also saw them cutting hay by hand. And yesterday we saw a person with a air bl- uh, leaf blower uh, blowing hay down the hill. <laughs> yeah, they actually do, and they'll pull it down the hill by hand. I mean, these are some steep slopes that they're making hay on. Yeah, it's, it's awful steep, and it's just incredible. And they make every snitch of hay that they can make. You know, they when they get done with the fields, they take uh, like a old like old wooden rake, and they catch rake all the hay up i think that's where a good spot for a bunch of grandkids <laughs> well grandkids won't be around grandma and grandpa's farm very often but even they don't waste anything they they their pasture fences are right to the road yeah there's you know, the fields that they're making hay and there you see some two less than two acres were making hay and, and fields so a lot and, of small ones but uh, they make pretty good cheese yeah, they do. Yeah, it's some of it is a little on the harder side, more aged than what we do. But yeah, everybody's different. But it, but it's been fun as we travel through Germany and Austria, getting close to the end, and it has been a spectacular trip with Bill and Carol Griesbach from Stratford. I'm Bob Oshold. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at what's going on in the weather, shall we? We are temperatures around the area right now. We've got 66 degrees up in Medford. La Crosse is at 68. 
Marshfield and Green Bay, both at 67. Wausau's at 65 degrees. Rice Lake, they're chilly this morning, 57 degrees. Madison is nice and toasty at 76. Milwaukee at 69. Right now, here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 61 degrees. Looking at a mostly sunny day today with a high of 78. Tonight's going to clear off with a low of 53. Tomorrow, sunny and 83. Tomorrow night, clear and 60. Wednesday, mostly sunny and 87. And Wednesday night, clear again and 56. So it looks like a pretty nice week. Not too crazy hot. Hopefully we can keep that trend going. But right now, we got to keep moving on here. We're running a little bit behind. we got to get to markets. And this morning's markets will be brought to you by... Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Markets this morning will be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, kick us off. What's going on on your end? Uh, For the cash livestock, choice-fed beef steers are 136 to 145 with mixed at 110 to 135. Choice-fed beef heifers are 135 to 142 with mixed at 99 to 134. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 125 to 140 and a half. With selects at 70 to 124, cows are 75 to 105, bulls are 74 to 98, butcher hogs are 85 to 105, sows are 74 to 81 and a half, boars are 25 to 29 and a half, new crop market lambs are a dollar to a dollar 25, with feeder lambs at a dollar 75 to 205, ewes are 60 to 120, small goats are 25 to 160 dollars, medium goats are 75 to 245 dollars, Large goats are one hundred seventy-five to one hundred ninety-five dollars, with nanny goats twenty-five to two hundred twenty dollars. Thank you, Jill. And looking at the Mercantile Exchange, we've got live cattle for August at one thirty-seven eighty-seven. That's up seventeen cents. October's at one forty-three eighty-seven, up twenty-two. December's at one forty-nine ninety-seven, up seven cents. Feeder cattle for August is at one seventy-nine fifty-two, up forty-five. September's at one eighty-three forty-two, up eighty-five. October's at one eighty-five ninety-five, up forty-seven. Lean hogs for August is at 120.82. That's up 17. October's at 98.40, up 80. December's at 88.82, up 20. And on the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your December corn down three at 606. December oats up a nickel at 410. November beans up a nickel at 1414. December soybean meal down $1.20 at 403.90 a ton. December wheat up a nickel at 801. On the dairy side, barrel cheese from Friday was up four and a half cents to $1.79 and a quarter. Blocks are up two to a dollar seventy-eight and a half. Your double A grade butter was down four cents to three oh one. And your class three futures for August up eight cents to twenty oh two. September down eighteen cents to nineteen thirty. October unchanged at twenty oh six. November down two at twenty forty. December down a nickel at twenty twenty. And then those markets were downward trending mostly through September of next year. But those markets will change, so not some horrible news, but that's a look at what's going on in the morning markets. We will check in a little bit later with some more. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're at 17, almost 18 minutes after 5 o'clock on a Monday morning. And Jill, we are, we're going to touch base on our Monday morning feel-good farm story. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay, so 
a family from our neck of the woods, you know, which is a large coverage area, got a goat. And this goat was super nice. They really were liking it. But the goat liked to get into things he shouldn't be into. So they built a fence around their garden. Because, you know, how do you keep pests out of your garden? You build a fence. Well, one day, the goat, which we're not going to say names because I did see this on Facebook, which is kind of funny. We're going to say the goat's name. His name is Oliver. Oliver decided that he wanted something to eat. Well, on this farm that they have, it's a hobby farm. So to get around from point A to point B, they have golf carts to kind of get around on. Well, somebody in the household forgot to take the key out of the golf cart. Oliver jumped the fence onto the golf cart and proceeded to push the gas pedal on the golf cart, which then went into the garden, broke down the fence. But Oliver was okay, but he just decided to eat all the vegetables. Well, I guess he was hungry. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's, and no one was hurt. You know, that's why it's kind of funny. Nobody was hurt. The goat was safe and secure. But could you just picture this goat, you know, just randomly, you know, jumping the fence and being like, hey, how's it going? And then hopping on a golf court, a golf cart, hitting <laughs> the gas pedal and just right through the fence. Well, I wonder if there'll be a demand for golf driving <laughs> lessons or golf Well, there is goat yoga. Go- so maybe now we can do like, you know, goat driving and we can, instead of these Teslas that are robotics, we can just have goat drivers. Well, you know, they can be taught to do a lot of things, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I read that and I'm like, oh, that poor family, because you can see this happening and you can see... Yeah, but I mean, and they said nobody was hurt, which is the main thing. Nobody got hurt. The goat is safe. And now he's also a father. Apparently, when they got him, they thought he was weathered. Oh. Apparently, his uh, his goat wife and him are now proud parents. <laughs> so one last hoorah, I guess. <laughs> but we're going to be hearing from a gentleman from Idaho that was at Clark County Farm Technology Days. Bob had a chance to speak with Ryan Reith. He's coming up next. For those who work in acres, not an hour. What is one of becoming a very major dairy state is Idaho. And we're going to talk with some Idaho dairy farmers that are here at Farm Technology Days, the REITs. And we're going to talk to Ray and Ryan. And uh, Ray, you have a particular tie to why you came back for Farm Technology Days here in Clark County. Yep. Uh, Brother Chuck is the chair for this uh, Technology Days and... He invited us to come over, so we're here, and it's sure been a great, great show. So how is he here and you in Idaho? We moved to Idaho in 1967, the whole family. There's 10 kids. My mom and dad, 10 kids, a hired man and a dog. And we got back there, and then later on, after Chuck graduated from high school, he was in college over there, then he come back to Wisconsin, then he, he ended up meeting his now wife, Brenda, and that made him stay. But you stayed out in Idaho. Tell me about the history of uh, dairy farming for your family in Idaho. You're now in Parma, but you haven't always been there. We moved back to Parma, and uh, we moved to Parma, Idaho in 1967, and then we had a dairy in our first location, and then we were flooded out by the fish and game, so we moved 77, my parents bought another location, still in Parma, but it was on a hill. And that's where we built our dairy, where we're dairy farming today. And we'll get into some specifics, but uh, in general, how has dairy changed in Idaho from 1976 and 77 to 2022? Technology has 
played its part and uh yeah it's definitely a change for the better and most dairies back then were probably 100 to 200 cows and now your your bigger dairies are going to be four to five thousand cows how many of them are there are we getting more dairies or what's happening because idaho is now in the top four five three maybe as far as milk production yeah, they're they're trying to bring in more dairies, but right now we don't have the capacity to take care of all the milk. So they probably they kind of got us on a somewhat of a quota system. You can only produce what your base is, and that's slowing us down now. But Idaho is a very great place to dairy. Explain that climate-wise, climate. feed production-wise, why? Climate is the biggest, and uh, and feed production, I believe, is right up there with it. Uh, they grow more crops in, well, actually in Treasure Valley, it's the seed capital of the world, which is close to us. And they they can just grow beautiful crops of corn and alfalfa, and uh, that's all volcanic ash there. And it's it, we have to irrigate, and our water comes from a series of different dams. And as hot and dry as it's been in the West, that's not a problem getting water now? Yes, uh, they're... They cut some people back. It depends on what uh, system you're on. And it is getting drier. It is uh, more droughty. But uh, in the last six, eight weeks, we got a lot of rain and it's helping us out. But we're still in a drought situation. How many cuttings of alfalfa would you get in a year out there? Right there for us at the dairy, we're getting five cuttings. And mostly everybody else gets around. If you're not a dairy, you're going to get at least four. Do you test? How good is it quality-wise as far as the cow's forage value, feed value? Uh, the feed value is very good. Like any time, you got to cut hay at the right maturity. But, uh, yeah, that's good. Now we're doing other things like forage wheat, triticale, stuff like that. And But, yeah, the, the alfalfa is great. They, they do a good job growing it. So how is the milk handled out there? you got co-ops? Is it all privates? How many opportunities do you have? There's two co-ops, uh, DFA and Dairy Gold in our area, and then, but mainly the most, the majority of the milk that is produced is going into Glambia cheese, Jerome cheese. These are foreign-owned companies that do milk in a big way. Usage, class one, class two. I'm, class one, I'm just guessing on it. It's probably around. 17%, that's about it. Most of the milk is a cheese, it's mostly a cheese market. Where does the cheese go? Obviously, you produce more cheese than you can eat in Idaho. You don't have that many people. Right, I, I believe a lot of that cheese is exported. As far as help, it's always a challenge to get help. What kind of a dairy system have you got as far as a parlor? You got, as you saw at Farm Technology Days, robots. Are there many robots out there? Or what, what are the major milking systems out in your area of Idaho? Most, like at our dairy, we got a double tan herringbone, and uh, it takes two guys to run that one. But mostly out in Idaho, you're going to see carousels, rotary parlors, or anywhere from a double 20 to a double 50 is what's coming in nowadays. Do you have trouble getting help? Yes, it's been pretty tough the last couple of years. Right now, right at our place, we're doing pretty good, but it has been tough. you got a grandson here that helps you once in a while. Yeah, grandson Ryan, he's actually with us daily. We're out here visiting now just to pick up on some of this technology, show him, but he's our head feeder guy at our dairy, and he's doing a good job. And Ryan just graduated from high school, and Ryan, at Farm Technology Days, did you see any technology yet that you think you might want to take back to the farm? Yeah, the robots. Talking grandpa into them? Well, it's a lot of money, so it's going to be hard to do, but maybe one day. 
Are there robots in Idaho? Do you see any out there? I've never seen one until I came here. There is robots in Magic Valley. There's, I think D. Lavelle's got a, some robots out there. They're doing, seems like they're doing a good job. What they're trying to look at on these big commercial dairies is a, rot- a rotary barn with robotic attachers. Mm-hmm. What about uh, housing for the cattle? All air-ventilated barns and uh, all kinds of uh, new fans and things like that worked in? Yeah, some of the dairies are free stalls and got the fans and, and the whole nine yards. Our particular dairy, we have open lots with loafing sheds. Ryan, you're going to be a lifelong dairy farmer, and, and why? What do you like about it? Uh, ever since I was a little kid, I was driving around with Grandpa in the feed truck or just running around with him, whatever he was doing, I was with him, and I just grew up on it, and I've always liked it. And that's Ryan Reith coming from Idaho all the way back to Wisconsin. And our executive chairman, which was Chuck Reith, he ran, you know, well, everything at Farm Technology Days. You know, he's the executive chairperson. Um, Those are his family members. So, Jill, they actually came up from Idaho to support Chuck. They came for the full week, and they even got to enjoy the concert. So, yeah, they had a great time. That's awesome to hear that family connection and get, bring your family in to do some of these big things. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Well, that was Ryan Reith talking with Mr. Bob Bosold. We're at 28 minutes after 5 o'clock. We got our morning markets coming in next. We'll be hearing from Meraki Olson over at Premier. And this morning's markets will be brought to you by... Our weather brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean, the world's largest kidney bean processor, based right here in Menominee, Wisconsin, wishes all the great Wisconsin farmers a productive and successful end to our 2022 growing season. With harvest just around the corner, it's the perfect time to be looking ahead to next year's rotation, which could include kidney beans. Kidney beans are competitively priced and highly profitable, making them a great addition to your rotation. Call Ben at 715-664-8342 or visit them at cvbean.com to see if growing kidney beans is right for you. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at our morning markets. And this morning's markets we brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. And let's head over to Premier Livestock in with you and check in with Rocky Olson. Good morning, Rocky. Hey, good morning. So are you all rested up from your week off and enjoying some time with your family? You betcha. Awesome. Well, catch us up. What's going on at Premier? What happened last week and what's coming up this week? Uh, thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This is how last week's market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We did sell over 2,500 head last week. Fed cattle traded steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers 125 to 137. Selected low choice 115 to 124. Choice B steers and heifers 130 to 142. Uh, market cows did trade a little stronger this last week. High yielding cows from 90 to a dollar two. Uh, most of the other cows from 70 to 89. Market bulls stronger. High yielding bulls from 93 to a dollar twenty-five, lower yielding ninety-two and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. High yielding cows from ninety to one fifteen. We've seen a top at one twenty-five. Lower yielding and lightweights ninety and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from seventy-five to one forty-five per head. Beef calves one fifty to three fifty-five. Holstein heifer calves ten to fifty. Uh, this week Wednesday we got a big dairy cattle auction. We got one complete uh, parlor freestall herd of seventy-five Holstein cows. Nice quality herd, averaging seventy-five pounds of milk. Two 
Vortex milking. Uh, they will sell on test. We got lots and lots of fresh cows in there milking into the hundreds. Auction features many top reputation loads of fancy fresh young parlor freestyle cows. Uh, we also got a nice run of spring and heifers. Today's the uh, last day we're accepting consignments for our August 26 machinery auction. Uh, unless you have made special arrangements with us, uh, you got all day to bring those consignments in. But uh, other than that, we are closing her down for this sale, looking for another sale in October. Uh, visit our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us anytime, 715-229-2500. And that's the way it shaped up, Kristen. Well, perfect. It sounds like you got a busy day ahead of you and a big sale coming up here at the end of the month. You betcha. Thank you. Perfect. Have a great day. You too. There he goes, Rocky Olson, over at Premier Livestock this morning. And, yeah, we've got more markets, weather, news. we got a busy, busy day yet. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day outside, but let's check in with the expert, our Skyborne 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, joins us now. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing, Kristen? I'm doing fabulous, and how have you been? I have been very well. I went on a vacation out to Pennsylvania last week, and uh, it was it was pretty great. Well, good. And what did you bring us back a souvenir? Uh, no, I, I thought what? about, uh, you know, I thought about bringing back some Heinz, authentic Heinz ketchup, like from Pittsburgh itself, Ooh. but you know, I was like, yeah, I could run to festival and buy something or something. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm really heartbroken right now. I thought we had a better friendship than this, Mike. I tell you what, next time I go out, I'll bring something oh, back. Oh, sure. Next time. Hey, I, I brought my, uh, my good spirits with me, <laughs> so there's... <laughs> I brought wow. you the gift of my presence. No, you're supposed to say, I brought good weather. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I brought. That's right. <laughs> well, catch us up, Mike. What's going on in the weather? So we'll start off with uh, some cloudy conditions early on, but those will uh, give way to more sunshine later on. But the early morning cloud cover will keep us on the cooler side, upper 70s for our highs. But really throughout most of the week, we have a dry pattern really developing, and we'll have a good bit of sunshine really through uh, Tuesday and Wednesday as well. But Wednesday's going to be a little hot. So tomorrow we'll have uh, low 80s for our highs, but Wednesday we'll get into the upper 80s. And our overnight lows mostly hanging around the mid-50s. Now Thursday, cooling it back off a little bit, upper 70s and low 80s. And a similar day in store on Friday. But going into the weekend, we'll have a few more clouds work their way in. Maybe a chance at a couple showers here and there. But I think that those are rather weak chances. And our temperatures will still hang out around the 80-degree mark. But right now, we are looking at that cloud cover and a temperature of 61 degrees in Eau Claire right now. Well, that's not too bad. I think we'll take that. I think so, too. And that rain really helped in some areas. I mean, we could use a little more, but, hey, we'll take what we can get, right? Well, look at that. Welcome back. You know, we had humidity, you know, here in Wisconsin. We handle that hot stuff. We don't take vacations. Right. <laughs> so we were here, and we didn't allow any crazy storms to happen. But now that you're back, it rained. Well, I mean, that's that's a good thing. You know, we, we needed we needed some. So. Oh, yeah, we definitely did. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the update, and we will catch you later on. All right, sounds good. Have a good one, Kristen. You too. There he goes, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Your Marquardt Motors service department is open for your 5,000-mile scheduled maintenance visit with a complimentary tire rotation, vehicle health check, and car wash. Schedule yours at MarquardtMotors.com. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to check in with some morning news this morning. Morgan McCarthy joins us now. And Morgan, catch us up. What's going on in the news today? 
Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We'll start with Mother Nature as we head to the southern part of our state. People there are waking up to flood worries. The National Weather Service has the entire southern third of Wisconsin under a flood watch until later this afternoon. Right now, as it stands, forecasters say Madison and the surrounding counties could see as much as two inches of rain. We'll continue to follow that. Meanwhile, we switch to the political stage where Wisconsin's Republican race for governor is tight heading into tomorrow's election day. A new poll from Emerson College gives Rebecca Clayfish a two-point lead over Tim Michaels, 36-34, but that's within the poll's margin of error. Continuing on that political stage when it comes to the RNC and MKE, not everyone's pleased by the news that the Democratic stronghold of Milwaukee will host the 2024 Republican National Convention, but UW-Milwaukee political scientist Tara Thomas Hallbrook says that's not really unusual. The truth of the matter is, I think uh, virtually every large city in this country is a Democratic city, Uh, so it's not really that unusual uh, for the Republican Party to hold their convention in a Democratic city. Even in conservative states, the cities tend to be pretty Democratic. Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson and RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel announced the pick heading into the weekend. It came after officials in Nashville had rejected a preliminary contract to host the convention. Well, if you want to go green, look up. The next green energy project here in Eau Claire looks to be headed for the roof of one of our city's fire stations. The city's capital plan calls for a new solar array on the roof at fire station number five. Now, there's already a solar panel at fire station number eight up at the city's airport. City planner Ned Knoll saying both projects will help Eau Claire meet its goals to be carbon neutral by 2050 and the city's 100% renewable energy goal. Meanwhile, hunters could be coming to the Rotary Botanical Gardens in Janesville. That's right. City Council there will consider a plan at tonight's meeting whether to allow bow hunters to cull some of the deer that are thriving on the gardens there. City leaders say there are just too many deer in the park, but there are, as expected, some people who don't want the deer hunted out of the park. The first plan for that is up for discussion tonight in that area of Wisconsin, as a lot of people here in our area just hold on tight and count down the days till we get to the <gasps> turdy pointer. But before you get out to the woods and the tree stand, of course, we have to head back to the barn and get those chores done. And we do that now with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and the Midwest Farm Show right here on Wax 104.5. I don't know how I feel about hunting deer in a park. It seems like you'd kind of have like a fish in a barrel type thing. Well, not only that, but some people don't have the best aim. No Ooh. offense to the hunters. My husband's a hunter. My in-laws are all hunters. I, I'm all for hunting, but yeah, some, I w- you know what I mean? Like some, how do you pick and choose? And what if you injure and not, yeah, I bam, wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it. I no. can't uh, see good enough and I don't have can't enough. see. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I know my limitations and I'm not willing to take that chance. Oh, uh, I, it was, it, no, this was years ago in Nilsville. You know, we were, uh, my husband and I were getting ready to go out before we had kids. So this was a long time ago. And all of a sudden, we had a knock on the door. And here there's, you know, somebody in uniform at our door. And I'm like, what the heck? Here's somebody shot a squirrel with an arrow. And it was running around still alive. Well, he has his, you know, issued service weapon. And you can't really be shooting that in town. And they wanted to dispose of the squirrel so it didn't scare children. So they came to our house asking for if we had a 22 pistol. Okay. And I'm like, well, we do. And they the officer says, well, here, you do it. And I'm like, uh-uh, we're in town. I handed it to him. I'm like, you do the honors. That squirrel was up in a tree. We couldn't get it if we wanted to. But, that was a I mean. Tough squirrel. It was it, it was weird. It looked like a little shish kebab. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt bad for the squirrel. I don't know what the fate of it was. No one ever found it again. But huh. 
Yeah, at least, you know what I mean? Like, how would you feel if your little little Johnny comes around the corner? Hey, Mommy, look, you know. Yeah, no. I don't, I don't, know. I, uh, I, I don't think I could do it. I know I couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah, but I mean, I cry if I hit a squirrel with my car, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a look at some of the news this morning. Thank you so much, Morgan. She's amazing. And now we actually have to keep moving on, though. We've got morning markets. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim. Jim, catch us up. What happened last week at the sale? Choice beef steers and heifers dollar twenty to a dollar forty. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar eighteen to a dollar thirty-eight. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar thirty to a dollar thirty-eight. We had a top of a dollar thirty-nine and a half. Choice Holstein steers dollar sixteen to a dollar twenty-nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar fifteen and down. Top twenty percent of the cold cows sold from eighty-six to ninety-six. We had a top of ninety-eight and a half. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty-seven to eighty-five. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty-six and down. We do sell organic cattle here on Tuesdays at the Altoona Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is August 12th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Jim. And now it's time to check in with some morning markets. We're going to head over to Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, good morning to you and Jill. And, uh, well, like we're talking off air here, some uh, more rain went through the area uh, last night. I'm not sure uh was the heaviest, but Saturday night we missed out on that where I live. Too far away, they got uh, reports two, two and a half inches on Saturday night. But Oh, my. Yeah, well, we didn't get in here where I live, but two miles away. But last night we had a half an inch here. I went out and looked. So uh, we've got enough rain for a while now. We can clear off because a lot of folks want to be doing the third crop. So and I know there's combining and it's always a busy season. Yeah, it's busy. Well, Jerry, catch us up. It's a busy morning. What's going on over at the Stratford Equity Barn? All right, uh, Kristen, thank you, and a good morning to everyone. And this will be the sales schedule this week here at Equity Stratford. Again, a full marketing week on tap here. It started here on Monday morning at uh, 10 o'clock here at the market auction. Uh, we sell um, market cows today, the conventional type cows, and also uh, fed cattle and bulls. This morning we get to those baby calves at 11.30, and just uh, last week we did see a stronger market on the fed cattle. Uh, we had strictly prime Holstein steers top out at 142.5. Cow market a little stronger last week, especially on the better-in cows, up to 101 on those. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we do start at 10 o'clock. We'll be the hay and bedding auction. 11 o'clock, we'll do market cattle in including organic market cows, and we do sell those every Tuesday, along with other organic uh, bulls and uh, fed cattle that are organic. All those are tomorrow, along with the conventional market cows. Wednesday auction starts at 10 o'clock, full marketing day on Wednesday, of course, market cattle. We do uh, sell most of our fed cattle also on Wednesday. Sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves, feeder cattle this week will be a noontime start, and our Thursday auction does start at 11 with market cattle and baby calves. So again, uh, we've got a full marketing week on tap here at Equity Stratford. Uh, a lot of information on our website, upcoming sales. We invite you folks to take a look at that, Equity Co-op. Just click on the Stratford page there, and you'll have all that information. And uh, I guess that's all I have this morning for uh, for you, uh, for uh, everyone out here. I've uh, been uh, uh, listening to Bob before for our friends from Stratford, so it sounds like he's having a good time. Oh, anytime you're partying with Stratford people, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, and... Uh, <laughs> Have we got any fairs this weekend or, or this week? I know uh, 
the big famous World Fair at Athens is coming up. Well, that's next week. Yeah, we got the Clark County Fair coming up this weekend. Oh, all right. So there's always something to do. A very busy weekend, and the Wassa Fair was last week uh, over the weekend, and they had the market animal sale on Saturday. It's a fabulous sale that was. So, uh, so uh, I, I know the young folks should be very happy, but they do a good job on their animals, so they deserve to get good prices and forward. Exactly. Well, Jerry, you have a great day. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you tomorrow. You too. Uh, you ladies. Uh, and uh, no rain in the forecast, right? No rain. We're all sunny in 78, 83, and 87 so far this week. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just duplicate that for about the next six weeks and everybody will be real happy. Well, I got my <laughs> order in, but I can't help if they mess it up. Yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jerry. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. We've got more markets and weather coming up next. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we got to take a look at some of our morning markets this morning. And we've got on the Chicago Board of Trade your December corn down three at 606. December oats up a nickel at 410. November beans up a nickel at 1414. December soybean meal down a dollar twenty to 403.90 a ton. December wheat up a nickel at 801. Country elevators in the area. We've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at 642 for corn. Baldwin at 622 and 1490. Durand at 617 and 1485. Mondovi at 627 and 1490. Elmwood at 627 and 1495. Fall Creek at 612 and 1465 for beans. Osseo's at 632 and 1495. Elk Mount is at 622 and 1465. Sparta's at 642 and 1468. Ellsworth is at 602 and 1460. As it all plants in the area, Boysville's at 662. Stanley's at 669. New Richmond, 664. And on the dairy side, barrel cheese was up four and a half cents to a dollar seventy nine and a quarter. Your blocks are up two to a dollar seventy eight and a half. Double A grade butter was down four at three oh one. Your class three futures for August were up eight cents at twenty oh two. September down eighteen cents at nineteen thirty. October was unchanged at twenty oh six. November down two at twenty forty. December was down a nickel at twenty twenty, and the markets were downward trending through September of twenty three. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's been a busy summer making hay. A lot of folks have third crop up. Some are looking at fourth crop. And it's taken a lot of alfalfa, but uh, those nutrients coming out of the ground, too. How do we get ready for winter, fall, next spring? Dan Undersander is with us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program to talk about it. And, Dan, is now a good time to think about uh, late summer or fall fertilization? Yes, Bob, we'd recommend uh, a split application, uh, assuming we put one on this spring, that the second uh, fertilization would come on uh, this fall after the August harvest. And then at this point, what we should do is uh, simply operate a little bit like a check. Our soil fertility was at the optimum level in the spring. Then this fall, we only have to replace particularly the potassium and sulfur that we have removed during this growing season. So the process is quite simple. Uh, Add up the tons yield that you have received from the fields and then take those tons times uh, 50 to 55 pounds of potassium. So, for example, if you have had a four-ton yield since the first cutting, 
then you would uh, take four times 50 is 200 pounds of K2O. And then in addition, we should apply five or six pounds of sulfur. So if we have taken two tons off this year, then that would be two tons times 50 pounds of potassium, which would be uh, basically uh, 100 pounds of potassium that we would need to apply this fall. And then similarly with the sulfur, uh, we remove five pounds of potassium, of sulfur approximately per ton of forage that we remove. So if we've harvested two tons, we need to put 10 or 11 uh, pounds of sulfate, sulfur in sulfate back onto the field. If we put this fertilizer on after our August uh, harvest, then the plant will ha- that's very soluble. They'll move into the soil. We will have a good fertility level of the plant going into the winter, and we will have a good yield of first cutting next year and then again be able to fertilize after first cutting. So think now about what your yield was this summer. Use the checkbook process to think about how much you need to apply this fall to bring you back up to optimum, and then your alfalfa will be in good shape to survive the winter and yield well next year. All right, uh, simple formula. Just follow it, and your alfalfa will be happy. Thanks, Dan. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us once again on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And it's that time of the morning. We're going to take one last look at the weather. We're at 61 degrees right now in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, looking at a mostly sunny day today at 78 degrees. Tomorrow, sunny and 83, and Wednesday, mostly sunny and a high of 87. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.